Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, sometimes we do look in the past and go, oh my gosh, wrestling sucked back then. I don't think you can say that when it comes to SummerSlam 2015. Because not only was the event itself really good, but look at everything that was happening around it. I mean, we learned that Sting was going to take on Seth Rollins. You're like, oh my gosh, how is that happening? And little did we know that Dudley Boys returned to WWE. Juice and Thunder Liger turned up in NXT. And when it came to SummerSlam, guess who was backstage? None other than the IWGP heavyweight champion, Okada. Now, he was just there to say, oh, hey, man, I love wrestling. It's so good to see you. But you know how the internet works. There's also a time when a man named Adam Shear or Braun Strowman was about to burst onto the scene. He'd been powerlifting for years. And after Vince McMahon saw him, he basically had a cup of coffee in NXT before they were like, man, we got to put him on Raw or SmackDown. Now, he was supposed to debut at SummerSlam 2015. But then someone said, nah, brah, let's hold him off to Raw. When he did turn up, he joined the Wyatt family. And as they say, the rest is history. Or in 2021, he ain't even employed by anybody. This wasn't the only debut on this night, though. Because, of course, yes, SummerSlam had a special guest. And it was none other than Jon Stewart. Even though we are like six years removed, I still sometimes cross my arms and stare off into the abyss and go, Jon Stewart on a WWE pay-per-view and he's a proper WWE fan. I don't know why I can't get over it. It's not that hard to work out. The most strange part of all of this, of course, is that he interfered in the Seth Rollins versus John Cena match by walloping big match John with a chair. And if you were going to turn the clock back, this would have been like, I don't know, Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker and David Letterman pops up and he gives somebody a tombstone. The excuse for such a vile act is that he was trying to protect Ric Flair's world title record. And that hasn't aged very well. But you also saw Jon Stewart take an AA on Raw the following night. It's just crazy. It's a crazy, crazy time. There was more to the whole weekend as well because we had the NXT event when Sasha Banks and Bayley went at it in one of the best matches you are ever likely to see. And we've also got a main event when Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker look at each other and go, you know what? I think today is a good day to die. There is a bunch to dive into, so we will do exactly that and live, kind of not really because it's really old now, from the Barclays Centre in front of around about 16,000 people. Let's retro up those downs for SummerSlam 2015.
My word, do I love this show. Because the very first thing you do see on this pay-per-view is Jon Stewart in the middle of the ring with Mick Foley. And Jon's all like, look, I'm an Undertaker fan, so I am going to confront Brock Lesnar and give him a piece of my mind for what he did at WrestleMania 30. Now, sadly, this didn't happen. But can you imagine if it did? I don't know how tall Jon Stewart is, but going off how he sort of sized up to other people, I don't think he's that tall. Brock Lesnar is like some kind of statue beast, man. He probably would have gone, oh, and eaten him. Also, we kick things off with some proper star power because your very first match is Sheamus versus Randy Orton. Admittedly, this is good guy Randy Orton, which is never as fun. Sheamus has his stupid haircut as the crowd do go, <laughs> you look really stupid. But because of who was involved, I was really excited because as we all know, I'm a massive nerd. It doesn't help stay it's welcome either because we are done with this within 12 minutes and sure you could go well it's a little bit slow but that's just their style I mean they are still twonking and thumping each other in the face and Seamus is Mr. Money in the Bank so he was like oh my gosh what's he gonna do? Randy is just bleeding from his eye at one point because again I think Seamus had just gone wapa and punched him right in the face and when it comes to the finish I can't really tell you whether it was a good idea or was a bad idea. Back in 2015 I would have known but you could say Randy Orton looting was bad but then I'd come back to you and say yes but Seamus once again was Mr. Briefcase dude so surely he should be winning I don't know it was yonks ago I'm just worrying about the bout what I really liked about it is that there was no nonsense there was no shenanigans the Irishman just bro kicks Randy Orton in the couple of face a couple of times down goes the Viper and he pins him and then gets that briefcase and goes oh fella oh fella because that's what he used to do I really like Sheamus. He's still underrated and will be more appreciated when he's gone. Not when he's dead. I don't mean that. But I mean, after he's retired from wrestling, we'll all go, oh my gosh, Sheamus was so good. And don't forget, in a few months, he was going to kind of screw Roman Reigns out of the WWE title as soon as he won it by cashing in that briefcase. And I still enjoyed that. I believe it was a Survivor Series. So I think that all of this made sense and it made my tush feel really comfortable as I got into SummerSlam 2015. Let's move on. What a blast from the past you get after this too. Because it is the New Day who are still heels. Taking on Los Matadors. Taking on the primetime players. Taking on Callisto and Sin Cara. And if we include Xavier Woods who was at ringside for this. Because it was Kofi Kingston and Big E doing the fighting. They are the only three guys left in the company. And I know Titus O'Neil is still technically employed. But is he? We don't really know. He is one half of the tag team champions here as well. And why WWE ever split him and Darren Young up, I will never know. This is one of those teams that should have been together for like the existence of time. So you go back to the dinosaurs and the primetime players are together. And then you move into the, I don't know, medieval times and they're still together. Then you get to the Victorian period and you get up into the modern future day. And if you went to the future, the primetime players are still together. Instead, look what we did do. We split them up for a while. Darren Young was hanging out with Bob Backlund. My word, this one makes no sense. What's an absolute joy about this, though, is that the New Day are still kind of breaking through as an act here, and they are just so damn flipping entertaining. I mean, they're just trying to wind up the crowd by this point. The audience have caught onto it. It is fantastic. This is also when Woods would be on the outside for most of the matches and would talk constantly, and it was just flubbing great. Like, here he's going, oh, man, Darren Young. Darren Young is a really nice guy, but he's going to lose tonight. Oh, man, he's so pleasant, but he's still going to lose. I was laughing. Here I was laughing almost half a decade later. So that gets a tick in my box. O'Neill also gets the hot tag here. And boy, howdy, can that guy run wild? So look, if anybody from WWE is watching this, could you please put him back in the ring for just a little bit? 
one more run where he doesn't trip over and go flying under the squared circle, I know that I would appreciate it. I mean, he even grabs Sin Cara Callisto and one of the Lost Matadors and does this crazy powerbomb off the top at one point, and then he grabs Epico and gives him the Clash of the Titus, meaning he was about to retain his belt. But obviously, this was a multi-man match in WWE, so they were into their book and went, oh, there's that one finish we always do, do it again. Because Kofi flies in, knees Titus right in the face, chucks him out to the floor, which allows him to pin Ekapo or Primo or whoever the hell it was to become the brand new tag team champions. This made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum because I know what the future holds. Their celebration too is as if they've just been told, hey, we did like a survey of the human race and we've decided that you three are going to live forever. Nobody else. It is just wonderful and is getting up. Don Stewart is back after this where he is talking to Stephen Amell and Neville and the lights go out because he mentions the Undertaker name. Which brings me to two very specific points. One, Taker actually has magical powers. Or two, the Undertaker waits around and as soon as somebody does utter his name, he turns the lights off and then he's in the corner going, I got him again. You see him walk past the front of the camera too here as there's a bunch of smoke as well. And look, I love this character. It's one of the best ever. This was a little bit much. Next up is Rusev versus Dolph Ziggler. See what I tell you, SummerSlam 2015, a good show. Um, this was long after John Cena had defeated the Bulgarian brute at WrestleMania, but he's still just an absolute barrel of joy. And the only real issue is that, yes, this was the summer when WWE decided to split up Rusev and Lana, put Lana with Dolph Ziggler and go, oh, by the way, you now wear jeans and for no reason put Summer Rae with Rusev. This is like the most complicated maths ever, even though the original sum was just fine. Now, Ruru did make the most of it because he was just walking around calling everybody a wet fish for some reason. And of course, Lana and Summer Rae are out here, so they cause such a distraction at ringside. It's a little bit like their two fans that have just brawled over the barrier and nobody knows what the hell is going on. Rusev also can't handle the fact that Lana isn't Russian anymore, so Dolph Ziggler super kicks him over the top rope. And I will say this is never boring. Now, unfortunately, even though Ziggles is able to sort of like get Rusev and chuck him into the announce table, he had been in the accolade for a long time when they were in the ring. So just as he's trying to get back in there, I don't know what happened. It was like delayed suffocation. He could have just got in, but so he goes, <laughs> like Darth Vader was going, I will kill you, Dolph Ziggler. Because that's absolutely a quote for one of those films. The point being, there's a double count out. The crowd start booing that because, of course, this is a pay-per-view and not Raw. And this whole thing ends with Summer Rae and Lana just slapping the shit out of each other. If you care too and want to know why this feud ended, it's because in real life, Lana and Rusev got engaged and TMZ or someone just leaked one of the photos. And when Vince McMahon saw this, he was like, well, now nobody's going to believe in the Dolph Ziggler and Lana relationship. So he killed the entire program. Vince, I want to be that guy, and I'm pretty sure you know wrestling, you know, it's kind of predetermined, and we make all this stuff up, nobody cares. We mentioned Stephen Amell earlier too, he of Green Arrow fame, and I tell you, if you are looking for celebrities that went into wrestling, go and watch this, go and watch what he did at All In, and then take your hands and start clapping like a seal. This dude took to wrestling like a duck to water, and it is genuinely impressive to watch. He was teaming up with Neville, who of course now is packed to take on Wade, Barrett, and Stardust. And it's honestly like a cartoon come to life in both really good and really ridiculous ways. And this makes sense why Stephen Amell and Cody Rhodes built up a friendship. It was based off this match. Seriously though, if you've never seen it, put it on and remind yourself the entire time, this is an actor who's only been training for a few months. 
That's really, really good. He does so well, in fact, the fans kind of go from, well, I don't care about him, I'm not going to get out of my seat, to being really invested, especially when he gets the hot tag to Neville. This is one of the best hot tags you will ever see in your life. As Neville goes, I don't care about the law of physics, and WWE still didn't know what to do with this man. I don't get it. I will never understand it. He is stupidly talented. I find it nuts to see Cody a stardust now too because he's come such a long way. And Wade Barrett's also having the time of his life being like, oh man, I'm the king. Everybody loves me. And it finishes pretty quickly when Neville does hit the red arrow onto Wade to get the one, two, three. This is a template for how to do celebrity matches though. It's just fun and it's effortless and it's entertaining and everybody does their job damn well. And you're never gonna get mad at it. You're just not. Unless you're an asshole. Uh, I can't say the same for the Intercontinental title match between Ryback, The Miz, and Big Show, though. Down. It's not bad, it really isn't. In fact, it's perfectly fine to watch. But this just felt like a trio of guys utterly lost in the shuffle, with WWE being like, well, we don't really know what to do, so why don't we just put them together? It didn't work when you were doing sports team in school, it doesn't work now. It's also over super quick because it barely gets any time, so within two minutes you're getting near fall after near fall after near fall, one of which is a very well executed skull crushing finale from The Miz. But as I have learned over the years, I just never buy it as a finish. So he hit it, and I'm like, well, it kind of looked like you just fell over and kissed the mat. I don't think it's over. And it wasn't. We then did the same multi-man finish, which I told you, WWE just consult the book, because the Big Show had this one. He took his fist, and he punched the Miz right in the face, and because he had the power of the knockout, down he went. So Ryan Buck just gets in, goes, goodbye, Big Show, throws him over the top rope in the most horrible way you've ever seen, and then he pins the Miz. I mean, it's no wonder the Ryback experiment ran out of steam. For starters, we didn't feed him more. I mean, that weird entrance he used to do stood there for about 82 years. But also, he just wasn't booked like that dominant of a champ. John Stewart and Paul Heyman were backstage next. John Stewart is actually trying to get in Brock Lesnar's dressing room, and it is only Paul Heyman that's stopping him. Why the hell did he stop him? I would open the door and go, go in there, you fool, you crazy old man. You let me know what happens. And once again, he would have come back out with half his face eaten because Brock would have wrecked him. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
We get some pure joy next because it is Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose taking on Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. Up. And this is absolutely crazy to watch in 2021, specifically when you go through each individual. Because Roman Reigns is now a full-on heel, our tribal chief, head of the table, ah, oh, please acknowledge him. Dean Ambrose is John Moxley, and that comes up with a whole bunch of questions. Bray Wyatt isn't even employed by WWE. And obviously Luke Harper is the worst one because he's now passed away and it always gets me every time I see him. If you had told anybody that six years ago, their brain would have started to fizzle out because it wouldn't have been able to take all these details and made sense of it. They'd be like a robot that was out of gas, just like And what kind of robot are you using that uses gas? That's an old robot, would you please update? This is pure fire though, especially because all four guys basically pull the trigger instantly. I mean, Dean Ambrose is basically doing a dive straight away. Then he's running across a dozen of announced tables to do an elbow drop. Then he's doing another elbow drop onto the floor. Sometimes people go, oh my gosh, John Moxley and Dean Ambrose are so different. I don't think they're that different at all. Surprise, surprise, he was worn out after that. So the Wyatt family took over. And this is where the New York fans come into their own. Because before this, Luke Harper had grabbed Roman Reigns and chucked him through the announce table. And he is selling and he is down for such a long time that he start to chant, Roman sleeping. And I'm like, oh no, this isn't going to go well. It carries on when he gets the hot tag and starts hitting Superman punches. And honestly, it is literally like you've just knocked on your parents' door and said, oh, I'm back for Christmas. They're like, boo, boo, no, go away. Nobody wants to see Roman here to the point, especially now, right down deep down in your tum. You're like, please, would you just turn around and say, acknowledge me, acknowledge me. It would have worked so well, but we can't do that because suffering's like a dash. It really is a solid match though. And it's so entertaining to watch, even though you know the finish, because of course it's the Wyatt family. So Bray gets hit by the dirty deeds and then Roman Reigns gets in there and he hits the spear. Even after they've got the victory, Dean Ambrose is all like, oh, we did it. And the crowd's like, Dean, we love you. And then Roman goes, oh, I did it too. They're like, get out of here, Roman. We don't want to see your ass no more. Man, I was laughing. How could WWE not see what was happening and pivot? Instead, we had to go through all those years of madness. <laughs> Speaking of booze, here came John Cena. Du, 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 du. This was killing me even more because my word, despite the fact he was coming back from a broken nose, which had looked horrific, and the fact that WWE had promoted the fact that, oh my gosh, John Cena just granted his 50th Make-A-Wish, 50th, 500th Make-A-Wish, no one gave a flub. They didn't care. They just hated John Cena. Even if you come out with like money, God, here's the money, here's, I don't want your dirty money. I've never seen a man who's not get to get booed, get booed so much. He really was an innovator. Screw all that though, because he is facing Seth Rollins here in a WWE title versus US title match. And it is absolutely brilliant. Like I remember it being good, but I do not remember it getting to the heights that it does. This is a match that if you call yourself a wrestling fan, you have to go and see. In many ways, it's like a one-man masterclass, although Cena does hold his own as well. But Seth Rollins is clearly like, oh, I'm the best wrestler in the world, and I'm going to show you. So he's doing flips, he's doing dives, he's doing sling blades. And John Cena tries to hit that springboard stunner and completely screws it up. Look, and I respect the man for trying, but funny is funny. Seth soon kicks out of the AA, which doesn't really surprise you that much because he suffers from skull-crushing finale syndrome. Everybody got out of the first but the way they level things up from here. Because they go to the top rope and Johnny's like, oh, I'm going to hit you from an AA with up here. But he doesn't. And he actually takes a buckle bomb from Seth Rollins. And don't forget in a few months what was going to happen to Sting with that very move. I watched this through very scared eyes. Rollins then gets out of another AA and just super kicks John Cena right in the face. Wait, John Cena. John Cena, you know, John Cena does a cross body off the top rope. I had to watch this twice 
because I thought I'd fallen asleep and was having a dream. And I know, Simon, when you have weird dreams, it's my world, let me do what I want. It's then just move, reverse, transition, repeat, move, reverse, transition, repeat. And John Cena even gets a figure four on at one point, which admittedly is a little bit too, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. And this is when the referee gets bumped and when John Stewart decides, well, I know I'm a guest host and I'm a fan, but why don't I get in there and hit somebody with a chair? He whams Cena with this though, as the crowd goes absolutely ballistic. Like John Stewart is everybody's hero here, which allows Seth Rollins to hit the pedigree onto that steel and get the one, two, three, and don't forget, become a double champ. Fans continue their MVP performance by chanting, thank you, Stuart, which I do not think of part of WWE's plan. And this doesn't take away from the match at all. I understand mainstream plus, and really, it's so dumb and it's so stupid, I was sports entertained. And sure, at the time you could have gone, why wasn't this in the main event? But wait till we get to the main event and you will understand. And yes, I know I have to mention it, otherwise you'll come knock on my door and kill me. This is when Seth Rollins wore that white gear that he's never wore again. And the reason for that is because Vince McMahon didn't like it. Even Seth said he thought that was weird. That's because it's very, very weird. But my word, this gets her very easy up. It was then Team PCB versus Team Bad versus Team Bella. Do you remember this craziness? Uh, that was really weird. PCB were also called the Submission Sorority at one point, and that had to be changed as soon as somebody typed it into Google. And Team Bad stood for Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina. It didn't. I made that up. It stood for Team Bad because they were bad. I was trying to pull out a better explanation from my ass. For some reason, Alicia Fox was the third part of Team Bella, which does beg the question, why wasn't it called Fox Bells? And don't come at me and tell me that's a terrible name. It took me a long time to think of that, and I'm sticking by it. With all that out of the way, though, this is actually more than all right. I mean, you were getting Paige, you were getting Charlotte Flair, you were getting Becky Lynch, you were getting Naomi, you were getting Tamina, there's nobody meaner, you were getting Sasha Banks, and you're getting the Bella Twins, and Alicia Fox, I didn't mention her, and they just put on a really good match. The crowd absolutely loves Sasha as well, which gives it something extra, although it is kind of hard to watch now, because Paige is doing a bunch of planches. And again, we know what happens to her neck. You want to stick your own face in the TV and go, Paige, would you please? stop it. Team Bad are out of there after Tamina gets face busted by Brie and the best thing about this is the crowd go wait a minute that means Sasha Banks isn't in the match anymore and once again it's just boo boo boo. This really was the era of the takeover crowd. It really was a bit fair on everybody else though because it does take over the fight a little bit including Brie Bella and Becky Lynch who just go well I know what we can do we will just smack each other in the face. And they do. Clearly Bex had her future plans down though, because after Brie Bella had missed a missile drop kick by about 78 feet, she hits the manhandle slam, although it's called the pump handle slam, and it's a little bit different. And she gets the victory. And once again, this was such a nice surprise. You then get the final proof that SummerSlam 2015 is definitely underrated, because you get Kevin Owens, here he is, versus Cesaro. I mean, you could have told them to do this in tutus while singing lullabies and it still would have been good. And while the fans are absolutely knackered, especially because they know they've got Undertaker and Brock Lesnar around the corner, forget all of that. Put it out of your mind. This is a wrestling clinic and it's getting it up. It just makes me sad that we're six years on from this now and neither are multiple time world champions. I mean, Cesaro can't even get onto SmackDown half the time. And I don't think that WWE understands what they have with Kevin Owens to the point one day both of these guys go to AEW, I'm not going to complain 
They are main eventers. Seriously though, just go and watch this because they both go out of their minds. Kevin Owens is doing a cannonball into the barricade like that's a good idea. And when the su- Superman does that delayed gut wrench suplex powerbomb thing that he does, oh my gosh, it's like a work of art. I've been to art galleries and kind of looked at the pictures and gone, man, I'm so uncouth, I'm so uneducated. But you show me Cesaro doing anything delayed and I'm just like, wow. Cesaro does the whole giant swing into the sharpshooter and the fans love that. And then once again, these guys decide, well, why don't we go up to the top rope? Because again, they just want to try and kill each other. And it ends with Kevin Owens doing that fisherman suplex on there down to the floor. This is really dangerous. This is really, have you ever climbed up a turnbuckle in a ring? When you get up there, you're like, holy crap, I'm so high. And these guys are dropping each other onto their necks. It doesn't allow Owens to follow it all up with the pop-up powerbomb and get the one, two, three. This is like a mini classic for me. I had such a good time watching it. Five stars or 4.75 stars. Who knows where the 0.25 stars goes. Which brings us to our main event, which was Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, which was basically pitched as the dead man is coming back to get revenge against the beast who had defeated him against WrestleMania 30. And I'm sorry, that is just a good story right there. Given who's involved here as well, they just have so much leeway and it is properly insane. You also get the whole point, the commentators going, oh, Brock Lesnar hasn't been defeated in two and a half years. And who knows if that is true, but some of the stuff they begin to do, you won't believe your damn eyes. Brock still comes across like an end of level boss. And at one point he is just laying in these knees to the Undertaker's head and nobody else on the entire roster would have been allowed to get away with it. In fact, Undertaker would have gone backstage and had them fired. This is just one man kneeing another dude in a skull. But nobody messes with Lesnar, which is why he's so good. And he even gives The Undertaker a belly-to-belly suplex. And once again, I know you're going like, well, that doesn't sound like a big deal. But it is when you do it to him, because you just don't see him get ragdolled like this. I think it might have pissed Taker off a little bit as he then boots Brock so hard in the face, he starts bleeding. So you know what Lesnar does back? He hits an F5 through the announce table. Do you think if we did The Undertaker versus Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan is hitting anything through a table on The Undertaker? Let's give it a minute, see if you can work it out. The answer is no. Lesnar is just bleeding like a pig by this point, and when he gets The Undertaker back in the ring, he screams at him, I'm gonna kill you, you son of a bitch, and without skipping a beat, The Undertaker goes, well, you're gonna have to, and I totally believed it. I was like, these two, they wanna die. They wanna die or they wanna kill the other one trying. I was so damn invested. I am such a nerd. So it is death wars all over the place. The Undertaker then gives Brock Lesnar, but that was the equivalent of going and giving him a kiss because it leads to that iconic moment that we are still talking about today. Somehow The Undertaker transforms into Fraser Crane and starts laughing. Brock Lesnar is already chuckling and they genuinely just go <laughs> at each other for around about 30 seconds, but it may be the best thing you ever see in your life. Within 23 seconds, it had taken over the internet too, and nobody else would have been able to pull this off. If you mute the sound and just watch it, it's bad, it's terrible, it sucks. But with everything else that had come beforehand and the atmosphere, like I say, probably the best thing to ever happen in WWE ever. 
I'm exaggerating, but it rocks. As we are talking about it as well, this is so much better than their WrestleMania 30 match, and the finish is so creatively smart. Because Brock Lesnar locks on the Kimura to The Undertaker, and that damn guy taps out. But because the referee is a mother hubbard, he doesn't see this, but Brock Lesnar being the ultimate fighter that he is goes, well, I heard him tap, I saw him tap, so I'm gonna celebrate. But the official didn't, so now we have a little bit of a pickle. Taker doesn't care though, so he whams Brock right in the balls, applies the go-go platter, and because you need oxygen to breathe, just before Brock Lesnar passes out, he flips The Undertaker off, but then he does go limp, which means The Undertaker has won, but he hasn't because we saw Brock get the victory. So now you have to see what's gonna happen next. Just another round of applause. Do the seal hands. This is so, so good. It's one of those matches too that completely cements my belief that Brock Lesnar is one of the best ever, and I truly believe that. And there are reports that afterwards, The Undertaker collapsed backstage. He didn't go to hospital or anything. But wouldn't you, if you had just gone 20, 23 minutes with Brock Lesnar and he had done this, I would have collapsed as well. I don't even know why it made a headline. Once again, if you've never seen this, it's important you do so. It is just such a roller coaster, and I'm gonna do something a bit weird here, but I didn't know what to do. Take that Seth Rollins, John Cena thing, and take this, push them together, and it creates what it had to create, not just an up, but a golden up. I really wanna somehow go back in time and watch this for the first time again. That's how good it is. And as always, I make sure to give you a second opinion in case you think I'm a biased asshole, and we do turn to Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer. Who gave Sheamus versus Randy Orton three stars? He gave that big tag team match 3.25 stars. Ziggler versus Rusev got 2.5 stars. The Stephen Amell match got 2.25 stars. See, it's pretty good. Ryback versus The Miz versus The Big Show got two stars. The Shield versus The Wyatt Family got 3.5 stars. Seth Rollins versus John Cena got 4.5 stars. The women's match got three stars. Kevin Owens versus Zara, 3.75 stars and The Undertaker versus Lesnar got four stars, I would whack another 0.5 on there, that dastardly 0.5. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.